Hello and welcome to another episode of Consider This. My name is Justin Ebert and I'm one of the staff members here at Sunnybrook Christian Church. And I am in the studio today with Jim Johnson, Scott Irwin, and Ryan Vinson. We are doing episode 101, a follow-up from our 100th episode where we did a live Q&A here at Sunnybrook, and we've got some leftover mail that we want to discuss. So hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, guys, we just did episode 100, and we have some questions left over, one of which, actually, we didn't get to some of the statistics. They got kind of cut off. So... Ryan, do you remember off the top of your head some of the numbers we had from, I remember, 56,000 listens so far? What were some of the countries? You guys remember the country? I remember Jim was upset I about think the United States was number one. That's true. Yeah. And then... The UK. Was it the UK was two? I think two? it was the UK was two. And then... I know Canada was four. Yes. Japan, Japan is three. Japan is So three. we've had, of our 56,000 listens, fifty, almost 55,000 are from the U.S., um... 326 are from the UK. So that's a quite a drop-off, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we're clearly, when you say it like that. We're clearly more American than anything <laughs> yeah. else. But we have 297 so. listens from Japan, where we have like 11 missionaries we support, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so they've all listened to two. Uh-huh. They've just all listened yeah. to two. We really... Thank you, but Jay. The, the, here, here was... I thought this was more interesting. So top cities, Stillwater, makes sense. So it's of people probably listening to this more than anybody. Um, number two city with almost eight or almost 3,000 listens is Dallas. So I'm guessing that's a lot of likely college students that have mm-hmm. been here and then moved, moved on. <coughs> but the weird one, and the one I have no explanation for, is over 2,000 listens in San Francisco. Is it's my three. niece. It's your niece? Yeah. She's really interested in it. Well, she doesn't seem to be as interested in Jesus as she does in our <laughs> podcast, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's that. Be curious so, what episodes specifically they've listened, that they've I'm gone sure. after. Ah, see, that's kind of interesting. Because we did the The three, couple, three or homosexuality, or four, yeah. so. Yeah. Don't uh, want to stereotype that, though. I don't know if I can look at it that <laughs> Got to be careful. That's true. No. Um, we don't. So, some other statistics. Uh, our most listened to track is episode 54 titled Don't Bother Praying. So uh, that's a little bit of a... A little spicy. Yeah. Um, the second one uh, right behind it would be episode 57, Can a Woman Teach in Church Part 2? That was the three-part series, I think. Um, and then episode 7, What Should a Christian Believe About Homosexuality? Part 1 is the third most listened to track. It's very close third very close there probably my favorite part of episode 100 that you guys didn't get to be part of was calling our top listener mm-hmm. while she was eating supper who is this tiffany bays tiffany bays really uh, we yeah. have we, we have you can it. tell who the top listener is oh yeah so we have That's 100 awesome. episodes now <gasps> at that time we had 99 and she has listened to 182 of them <laughs> 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 but here's what i love i love the top listeners list because it says something about this team number five is drew moss <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> number six is chip parks one of our elders here number seven is justin ebert yep. i heard there were there were headphones so i started clicking a lot before that <laughs> So Justin's listened to 86. Morgan Weiss is number 11. Somebody who is logged in to the Sunnybrook Christian Church. <laughs> SoundCloud app is number 12. Greg Baker, Nate Jenkins, Leanne Sheet. She actually doesn't go to church here, but huh. her sons yep. did. And actually, daughter. her daughter does now. Mm-hmm. So Tierra Sanders, relatively new to Sunnybrook-ish. And we, she's were, 18. we were very grateful. Come on, Tierra. Let's uh, see if we can... 
see if we can get into the top 10 in mm. this next uh, 100 stretch. We could really we could do some updates, some weekly updates. We were thankful for Kicker and Stephen Bambro donating some sweet headphones to give to Tiffany so she can listen well. That's and the cool. studio audience got some great Chick-fil-A. Yep. Throw it up to James James Walker. Thank you, James. Great work. But today, we want to go over some of the questions we didn't have time to get to, starting off with this one. What is the most courageous thing you have ever done? What is the most courageous thing you have ever done? I'll do it. I don't, I don't know if it's my top, but I mean, I'll, I'll say I, I think about this quite a bit. Um, I have had to make some very difficult decisions in regards to some people that are close in my life. And when they purposefully uh, rejected um, the instruction of Christ and the warnings of, of, a, of a sinful choice, I've had to um, uh, kind of remove them from fellowship both with me and with my family and sometimes even with the church and uh they've included they've included two very close friends and then one one brother uh and i would say that i think people might hear me or think wow okay but yeah that's easy for you i i would say i don't know if it's easier for me than anybody else and so don't know if i you know the word i don't know if i would think i was trying to be courageous per se um but it did take a uh a, a strong belief in what God teaches in Matthew 18 and First Corinthians 5. Um, and so in, in that sense, I think it kind of took some yeah, courage. You think about the, a lot of verses that have the word take courage in it is followed up with, for the Lord your God is with you wherever yep. you go, right? Yep. And yep. you're doing things that the Lord has asked you to, not because they're easy or enjoyable, neither of those things, but because you've been asked to. Yeah. And it plays with your own head. I mean, it, it played with my own head. And so to really trust God and to not lean on my own understanding, to use a biblical concept. Yeah. Scott. Mm. The the things that, that came to my mind were just moving across country mm-hmm. uh, for ministry, moving away from, from family and things. But And then I think it was, it was even moving harder. Moving back. And moving back was, <laughs> was a bigger deal um, with three kids and a – truck full of crap um that are we allowed to say that on yeah, well, yeah. i'm sure you guys have said yeah, we'll put a warning at the beginning uh, well, I, I think actually got some pretty nice crap so just kind of fyi yeah i, I helped i helped you load did. it and, and you drove it. it so not crazy nice but it was pretty you nice you drove it you uh, had a wife that very much liked california yes she did she did she's not happy does she <laughs> does <laughs> so yeah moving in and moving here and i'd never really we'd never really we just yeah. came during the week one time. Never really visited the staff of the church. Never, I didn't really know what college ministry was, and so I'm starting uh, a master's right after I moved here, buying a house. So those th- those first couple months were required. I mean, I, I remember talking to you, Jim, and you talking me off the ledge about quitting seminary and going, "Okay, I'm not doing adding this to my plate." And yeah. you you encouraged me to continue it, and so so yeah. The, that first probably six months here was required some courage. Um, we had a move. Rachel and I moved from Stillwater to Connecticut like five months after we got married, and that was, that was scary. We were young, 21 and 20, and so that was pretty nerve-wracking. We didn't really know anybody up there. That was, that was the long 23-hour drive wondering if what we were doing was a good idea. <laughs> um, 
but probably even more than do that. Do we take this off ramp? <laughs> I think there's dude a- Amish country in in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Everything is kind of yeah. scary. I literally spent three weekends in a row. Yeah, um, just at this one Amish farm, wondering if we should turn around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably more than that, though. Um, in a sermon a few weeks ago, I alluded to um, just my testimony coming from a pretty dark place before confessing and following Christ. When I did that, I was a freshman in college and uh, like I literally lost all my friends overnight. Like that they were so, they were, they were so intolerant of anything to do with Jesus that like I had to live out the rest of my lease. It was, I was in a four bedroom apartment, just kind of coming, going to class and going back to my room and locking the door and while they did whatever out there. And they kind of shunned me, which was fine because I didn't need to be around that. But it was, a, it was a lonely time, you know, whenever you're basically an adult with all these long established friendships. And then because of a decision to follow Jesus, they didn't really don't want anything to do with you. That was, I don't know if that was courageous. It was, it was almost like mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. see that coming, mm-hmm. but I had to deal with it sure. when it did. So, yeah, I turning away from what I thought my life was centered on and what probably most people that were close to me thought my life was centered on and deciding to go into ministry. And that was probably the moment I think of. So tied into my conversion, I would say as well. Um, but yeah, 2010, 2011, good years living with John Nickel at 302 West Cantwell and turning with Jim. What year did you come, Scott? It was 2010, right around then. Summer yeah. of 2010. Yep. Right around then. So Always looking back on those years with affection. Um, second question. A couple of years ago, staff retreats ago, Michael Tafazio spoke to us from the overflow. Um, this, this idea of I'm going to just kind of talk about what God is doing in my life, what I've been teaching, how I've been refined lately. So speak a bit about that. What have you, how have you been encountering God? Mm. Maybe not necessarily even in new ways but being reminded of could be in new ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how has the Lord been working in your life lately? For me, it's been, uh, I'm well over a year into kind of this process of um, the Lord moving me away from a, an identity as just a teacher to one of um, more of a pastor, if that makes sense. Um, I've been spending a lot of time even very recently processing through what it means to care for people well, not just to give them the information that I have. Um, and so what it looks like to love and to lead people in complicated situations. So where a year or two ago, I, I was more interested in books on doctrine and on theology. Like this morning I bought a book on contemplative prayer, like, the, the Lord is just moving me in a, a, a slightly different direction. I don't, I won't leave the more yeah. like academic yeah. side that I yeah. also enjoy. Sure. But I feel like he's, he's rounding me out over the last year or so. I love even the idea of, of the, so the bigger picture of overflow is that what God is doing on us is not, <laughs> not just stripping away, but adding to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of the uniqueness that we, each of us have, um, I believe those are God given unique traits and personalities and whatever. And how do we become more? And so that's kind of what I, I, that's what I like. I mean, I'm excited about this new, the new Ryan, right? <laughs> it's not that I, it's, you, you'll keep the doctrine and then yeah. you add the contemplative. It's a, it's a wonderful addition. It's, 
I've taken great joy. I think I even said this on the on episode 100. I've had several people over the last few weeks, maybe a couple of months, say, "Yeah, are you okay?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm fine. What are you What are you worried about?" They're like, "Well, I, you seem like you're getting kind of soft. Like <laughs> you used to be edgy, Ryan. Now you're just kind of nice, Ryan." And I'm like, "What?" Are we complaining? Because <laughs> <laughs> the other one is literally surface, right? Right, just scratch me a little bit. Yeah, just do this right here. Are you just trying to get the other one to come out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I, I'll, the one thing I'll add is, is that and I keep talking about this. You know, we've added this chapel service uh, back in the beginning of September, late August, um, in which um, four times a week, beginning and the ending of our week, we spend some time in contemplative prayer. Um, reading through the scripture in big chunks, um, and uh, it's really been affecting me. Scott read Second uh, Kings four for I think twenty seven minutes. Yeah, this morning. Like, it like that. A, yes, it was a real long time. But the you know in that sense, I've just I've been really amazed at thoughts that I just don't consistently have about God. Um, the idea of like rearranging my schedule so that I make these things a priority. I'm, that's not me. Um, and so kind of what I'm learning from the overflow is, um, just, is just kind of a, a, a broader sense or a deeper sense of who God is and how I can kind of organize my life around him. I'm, I can be very utilitarian in my Bible teaching and in my Bible preparation. So everything serves a purpose. And chapel serves no other purpose than for me to just stop and reflect and to glorify God and have Christ formed in me in a very... Jim's not in control kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so that's really beginning to shape me. And it's hard to even say in this way, except I'm thinking about God um, more and I'm reflecting on more of his characteristics than just kind of the typical things that I'm getting from the book of Acts or whatever, Second Peter. These are studies that I'm working through right now. And it's just forcing me. It's giving me words. It's giving me a language. It's giving me information about God um, that is coming to me. Um, that it's not me going out and selecting. And I'm just, I'm seeing it, going back to the concept, I, I can see it kind of just rounding me out. And uh, and, in, and in that way, it's been a profound blessing for my life. I'm, uh, four weeks ago, I started a, a nine-month program, it is too strong of a word, journey maybe, um, with a guy who was in my cohort for seminary. And he's training to become a spiritual director and his last kind of step in this process for him is is to lead somebody through the uh, St. Ignatius's spiritual exercises, which was originally a 30-day retreat, um, which nobody can do. And so they've amended it to a nine-month um, retreat. retreat. Um, <laughs> and it's a daily thing for nine months, and they've broken wow. it up in two. And so each day there's, there's an exercise which re- re- requires, I don't know, it's 15, 20 minutes and some journaling. And then there's to do a encouragement to do a noontime examine, prayer of examine, and then a, a, an evening prayer, prayer of examine. And it has been really, really difficult to bring those disciplines <laughs> in, to even remember them sometimes. To yeah. And the, the, the biggest thing that, that they talk about, that, he's, that this has been talking about, is to notice the resistance. Notice whenever there's resistance. And so that's been on my mind a lot. Um, why am I resistant to things that would be good for me or um, things that would be like this would this would 
allow me to spend more time with God, why am I resistant to it? Or why am I yeah. resistant to thinking about the love of God? The first four weeks is just all on God's love for you. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, gosh, we are so obsessed with needing to be loved. Oh, why do I have to think about this? Oh, you know, and he's like, why is that a problem for you? Yeah. Like, I don't know, because it's dumb. I don't know. I know he loves me. I don't care. Let's move on to the next yeah, thing. Yep, and so, yep, yep. so it's like sitting in... Week one was God loves you. Week two is God really loves you. Week three was God really, really loves you. Guess what week four is? Um, God really, really. I haven't yeah, lost track of the really. Okay, so, three of them. So, and it's kind of kind of corny and hokey, and there's things that, that it wants you to do that are like, okay, really? And, and so, but the whole time, it's like, why am I resistant to these things? And so that's been interesting. There has been some resistance to... Um, obeying the Lord in little things in my life and in my day that I'm noticing more and more. So that's been, that's been something I've been thinking about and journaling about. So. Cool. So I recently finished my master's degree and the, my teaching load has been a little less lately. And so I've been very antsy. I'd, like I just t- I text Ryan like forty two times yesterday. <laughs> Is this why you're starting a Greek class? I hear. Okay. So I hear. That, I just heard I, this. That has been indefinitely punted. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, it has. <laughs> just oh, it, listen. Somebody's got some time. I got some things they can do. So yeah. uh, no, I was working. So who's got all the time? <laughs> Justin, I'm no. I and I don't doubt it, dude. You are a workhorse. So um, I got some things you can work on. So I, I I've kind of reflecting this is also our anniversary week Deb and I have been married for eight years we have never been somewhere for longer than two years I've always had like the next thing oh, whether yeah. that's popping out children <laughs> or um, moving to a new city we've lived in Stillwater then Joplin then Wichita and Stillwater again in that time um, or you know transition of schools transition of jobs um, I'm in a place where like now I settle in and I, I've, I've never done that. I mm-hmm. don't know how to do that. Mm. And I, I feel myself just kind of being restless. And I think that's something broken in me that I, like the Lord is going to have mm-hmm. to teach me how to be. And I, I need, I'm going to need help with this, by the way. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I don't want it to become an apathy. Um, I don't think it will. So... I, I'm in this period of what do I be, what new thing do I start or do I start no new things and just dive deeper with what I've got um, do I have more leeway to do some things I've always wanted to do but do them in a healthy you know th- those are kind of my questions right now and yeah. learning how to rest well in the Lord and be well with the Lord and not have to have a, a new project or a new chaotic thing happen in my life so number mm. three um, how do I know God's will for my life? Have you ever had a student, a friend, oh somebody, your <laughs> college <laughs> minister, um, come to you and ask you, hey, I'm really struggling. I just don't know God's will for my life. And this is a question that was asked. What would you tell them? Easy question. Okay. Number one is um, it is very, very clear from Scripture that God's will for our life is for us to be remade in the image of Christ. First Thessalonians 4.3. This is God's will, your sanctification. Yes. So that's and Colossians 1 kind of comes along the same line that you can know God's will, and this is God's will for your life. Number two, um, anything that is more than that 
he will make abundantly clear. Uh, don't read tr- don't read tea leaves. Um, don't try to figure it out just from circumstantial things. Um, uh, surround yourself with wise people. Make decisions. Persist in them. Um, and uh, and that's how you know. The question um, comes from a place of, in my experience, usually a place of fear, mm-hmm. um, not wanting to make a mistake. And wanting it to be really, really easy, whatever whatever God wants me to do, <laughs> yeah. just make it clear yeah. so I don't have to work yeah. at all to yeah. figure it out. And yeah. just and it puts all the culpability on. Yeah, him. I don't want discernment. I don't want wisdom. wisdom. I want an answer. And yeah. Just just tell me what to do, and I will do it. Yeah. And right. when I have to explain it, I've got someone to blame. Exactly. Like, I feel like God just led me to do this. Oh oh it, oh, yeah. Oh, the Lord just is leading me to think we need to break up, and I just. I just think the Lord's leading me to do that because I just He's leading me clo- to a new ministry. Yeah. Um, mm. By the way, the, the church is also bigger and it's going to be more beneficial it's, for my family. Yes. It's, it's always also, bigger and it has a, a bigger for a change. And it's closer to my but to my parents. And maybe the Lord's leading you, Justin, because it's been two years. Yeah, so maybe exactly. the Lord's leading you. No, most youth ministers would tell you that. So that's I think that becomes the issue, and it's I I love to remind people that I can't find an example in the Bible where God was leading somebody, and He did so in a very obscure, obtuse. Yes kind of a weird way he doesn't yep. when the lord leads it's unbelievably clear um in terms of like when he wants something done yeah. and the rest of the leading of god actually is through the wisdom of his word the the guidance of his spirit in the context of his people mm-hmm. um and so i love taking fear off the table i love taking necessarily easy off the table i like i like those categories you gave actually yeah. i i have i'm a guy that's changed i mean like i came out of college thinking ryan was the only was the person i was supposed to marry um, going to Shepherd of the Hills in California was the place I was supposed to go. And I really did buy into this. Like, there is one path. Mm-hmm. God, make it clear. I want to do what you want me to do. And and then when I would have peace about it, oh, that's that's obviously what I was supposed to do. And then, you know, now I'm looking back and I'm just asking wrong questions. Yep. And I was wanting all the wisdom of a 50-year-old as a 22-year-old or 23-year-old yep. and going, no, the process of discerning and trusting God and learning um, through that is is more of what I think God was caring for, mm-hmm. wanting for in mm-hmm. me than just give me the answer. So I think that's it. That's it. Okay, number four. John Piper, um, pretty well-known minister here in the States, is a pastor who doesn't own a TV, rarely goes to the movies, and refuses to be entertained by the things Christ died for. Others say you need to absorb as many movies, shows, songs, newspapers as possible so that you can understand the language, theology, and mindset of the people you minister to. Where do you stand on that scale and why? Without uh, without having an answer yet, I might have to develop one as I talk. But this is actually something we're speaking to on Wednesday nights. Uh, you see, John Piper has a remove himself from culture approach to living out the gospel. Others would have uh, absorbed themselves in culture so that they might, uh, at some level, attempt to redeem it, approach Be the gospel. Be all things to all people. Yep. Ish. Yep. And uh, the, the one thing that I think I can safely say is that there is no, like, worldwide universal answer to this. Mm-hmm. There is no answer that fits uh, all four people at this table. Sure. And John Piper and Tim Keller and, you know, start picking everybody that you might know and where they do ministry. Um, 
doing ministry in Minneapolis is a little different than doing it in Manhattan, which is quite different than Dallas or Seattle. And so hmm. I think the, the answer will require exercising wisdom at some level. And I don't know that complete retreat is the answer. I don't know that going in, you know, both hands and both feet is all the answer. Go back to compare this to the last question, you know. Um, is it is it better to have an answer, TV or no TV? Or is it better to have discernment when to use TV? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a little bit. I'll tell you this. I admire John Piper for everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would never try to convince him you need to get a TV and you need to be entertained by the things of this world. I'm deeply impacted by the statement that Matt Chandler made one time, and I've never been able to forget it. Why do I find things funny that Jesus Christ died for? Mm-hmm. And uh, my sanctification needs to grow in that. So holiness matters. You read Kevin DeYoung's book, and you feel like, wow, I need to mm-hmm. yeah. reshape my, my sense of humor. I need to reshape what I find to be entertaining. So I, I, I'm all for all of that. Um, and, and then I think there is uh, some complexity, as, as Ryan was describing. So um, everything that he said, I'm in complete agreement on. Um, I think we should work towards not weaning ourselves to get to where he's at, but to share that same principle and yes. work that out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, I don't even know. If that if, makes sense. I don't know if John prescribes it for everybody. I know he's deeply convicted about yep. it being yep. the solution yep. for him. Yep. And I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to hear him speak on it. There is a there is a wisdom in it, like you said it's growing in wisdom to discern should I based on my previous struggles and and where I'm at and you know is this a wise thing for me to do is this something that I need to to absorb you know let myself in on and or is it, it will this help me in in terms of my for me will this help me in terms of understanding where my students are coming from or you know can i watch it with that perspective with god so to speak yeah or or Mm -hmm. am i just needing to be entertained and far too often the truth be told my my desire to be entertained for just vegging out purposes is far surpasses my desire to watch something for the purpose of ministry or yeah you know and so i have to be honest and i would probably um yeah I would probably be closer to wanting to be more like Piper um, based on my own previous <laughs> history and, and even experiences. And so, but it is a discernment thing. You know, Augustine really warns against um, abstinence or abuse of anything. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I think going back to what even Paul says, I mean, the same attitude can be taken about like food. Should we really, really enjoy it? Um, should Should we, right. um, you know, should we celebrate um, how... Uh, a good wine with a good cheese or however you want to kind of, you know, should should that be something that Christians should be able to celebrate or should we come, become more utilitarian and just eat food for its nutritional value and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I, I think it go, even going back to the entertainment side of things, like, mm-hmm. again, um, uh, to be entertained with an ungodly thing is one thing, but like, is there anything wrong with being entertained? And I would say that there there probably isn't at some level to be able to be entertained, to be able to find joy and laugh at something that is wholesome and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's all bad even. Yeah. And again, we're kind of looking at this thing that John is saying. I, I just think there's a, a wisdom that you have to keep coming back to. Um, I just uh, – I, I would say here's my concern. Culturally speaking, and I mean in the church, we 
too quickly dismiss what John is trying to get at there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just go, no, we got to stay in touch. And I'm actually, weirdly enough, I'm I'm more um, I'm more in line with what John is saying, principle wise. Yep. Than I am those who are opponents to what John is saying. In I my idealistic side of me f- agrees with Piper, but in function I act like the other, like the complete other, where. Pretty much my routine is put the kids in bed, and then we're going to go watch whatever show we're watching, and I can just turn it off. It's not like I'm being intentional. I've watched a couple of shows and movies to be intentional because I really want to learn and engage with this. Most often, I just want something to shut off so I can wind down. And again, there's we could debate whether that's okay or not, but I think in, in my initial reaction, I wish... I was more devoted to other things. Take if I were to just pile up all the time I spent being entertained, you know, allowing myself to just mindlessly veg on movies and shows. I think I'd be embarrassed. So I'm le- as I get older. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm less like entertained for entertainment value, um, and I'm actually finding myself even watching, say, culturally relevant shows. Um, in a more stimulating, reflective kind of a way. I've noticed that happening in me. Um, And and that's the part that uh, Andrea hates watching almost any TV show with me um, because I'm constantly evaluating and kind of thinking things through. Um, So I still do have a few of those veg shows that I just kind of love to laugh and kind of check out on. Um, Some of those, uh, you know, we all have those kinds of convictions. Um, I, lo- I also would challenge people to kind of create a, a level of consistency too. How do I, you know, create a level where I I I, uh, uh, I recognize what God is doing and it's kind of bleeding into all the areas of my entertainment? I know a lot of people that won't watch a particular kind of movie, um, but will be then rabidly obsessed on a particular sport. Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to say, ah, oh, there's some comparisons there. I would I would recommend that you kind of line up side by side. A good example of where. The Lord highlights like um, that he desires for us to to both work hard, but also to like to recreate well to he's not interested in us. just always being somber. I noticed this the other day when I was reading Psalm 104. He says in verse 14, he, the Lord, causes grass to grow for the livestock and provides crops for man to cultivate, producing food from the earth, wine that makes human hearts glad making his face shine with oil and bread that sustains human hearts. Like there's a, there's a merriment that he's interested in. Yeah. And it's, it's not an abuse of, Mm. um, and it's, you know, this is all, this is all the same book that very much prohibits drunkenness and being out of control. Um, but God is not, he doesn't, he hasn't called all Christians to an ascetic life either. Well, the Bible warns against that kind of abstinence. Actually, the Bible warns against, um, sexual abstinence. Um, as a as a sign mm-hmm. of of spirituality or an abstinence of food or an abstinence mm-hmm. of I mean the Bible warns against considering that holy mm-hmm. and says but it has, it has it can clearly look like somehow it's a noble thing yeah you know and so it's it notice that even when John's describing that I've heard him talk about this quite a bit it is it is how that draws him to Jesus yes that is the value for John yes. mm-hmm. um, and so let's never forget that what he's describing is not sitting in the corner and being a grumpy person because they can't watch Seinfeld. Yeah. He is saying that my removal of Seinfeld from my life has caused me to have greater delight in the Lord and to God be praised. Dude, I've, I mean, I, I watch Seinfeld and I laugh at it, 
Jesus is infinitely greater than yeah. than any of that. Yeah, I, I've I've actually never heard John talk about this except for when somebody asked him. That's about true it. too. Yeah. Yes, he I, never yes. he I never really brings it up. Yeah, it's, he trots it out no. as something everyone has to. And, do. And, it, and somebody asked him, so when's the last time you watched TV? He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, sometime in the mid-80s. I don't know. <laughs> They're like mid-80s, 30 years. Yeah. yeah, at the time it was like 30 years. And and so, <laughs> speaking of a show, what's interesting is the Unabomber, okay, who I find myself talking about a lot lately, but the show <laughs> that we watched called Manhunt, On his, whole, his whole thing, I mean, I was thinking about this, his whole thing is he's doing this and he wants everyone else to do it too. Yeah. And so... A removal from society. Yeah, removal from society on all technology. Based on technology. Yeah, and so, and he and he was he, he couldn't just be content with doing it and and, and that's a good point. He had to. This is Ted Blow Kaczynski. up everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get everybody yeah. scare attention. everybody, scare everybody else into yeah. doing what he's doing. And I thought I just keep saying, like, that's a great point because I I find myself going, I'm doing this. Is anybody? Why isn't anybody else doing this? It's like don't be a unibomber. That's yeah. my new thing. Yeah, don't, don't be, be a unibomber. <laughs> yeah, there's like three of us, four of us in chapel today. <laughs> you know, exactly. honestly, but it's 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 a really yeah. good point. It's like, but that's okay. And Ryan, at one time, Ryan, they're like, I think it just might be the two of us. And it's like, <laughs> and that's okay because yeah, yeah. we don't need to be the unibomber. Yep. Yep. Last question. I'm getting t-shirts. <laughs> okay, here we go. Last question. What are you reading right now, or have you read lately that we should read too? What are you reading now, or have you read lately that we should read also? Good news for anxious Christians by Philip Carey, C A R Y. Give us a give us a little. Um, it's why. not about anxiety. It's not about um, kind of just what what a uh, guy like Jonathan Haidt describes, which is kind of this increased anxiety and depression, uh, particularly amongst those born after uh, 1996. It's not that. Um, it's talking about those that are really wrestling. Am I following God's will? Um, what if my motivations aren't pure? Um, man, I feel like I should be growing spiritually all the time, and I'm just kind of really weighed down. What if I'm not? What if I'm not? It's that kind of more of a spiritual anxiety. And in that book, um, how do I know that I'm hearing God's voice? And is God every inclination in my in my mind, in my every thought, in my heart? Like, is that the Holy Spirit or is that not? And He does like an amazing job of walking through those things with scripture and with just common sense um, just kind of helps people have a deeper a sense of who God is and what God is doing and he just takes the fear and the anxiety off the table and uh, uh, interestingly enough that was not my problem but he helped me see as a pastor how even some of my language about yeah has created anxiety in other people and so truly that book really kind of taught me to stop talking irresponsibly mm-hmm. about the work that God is doing in people's lives. He really confronts pastors mm-hmm. on do not create a culture in which people need you to process what's going on. And now, by the way, Christian community, yes, he's not against that. Yeah. But professional pastors yeah. um, develop a language about going inside and seeing what God is doing, and then let's come back and talk about it. Um, and that whole book has just been a real blessing to me. So yeah. that's that's one of my huge ones. That's been my that's been my book too. Um, and specifically, it's you know removal of fear and anxiety and and replace it with obedience and growing in wisdom and trusting. (laughs) Love it. Like, just do it, you know, follow God and he's, the things he's made clear are clear enough to, to obey. Yeah. And then trust him as he grows you in wisdom. So that's been a big one for me too. I have categories. So. (laughs) Please, category, categorize, categorize us. 
I've so been what, reading a number of catechisms. So what one book have you been reading lately that we should read? And then Go ahead. I have all my categories. <laughs> um, this morning I bought um, Embracing Contemplation by John Coe and Kyle Strobel, and I've enjoyed the first chapter. I've sat in a class by John Coe. He's really? the He's the Talbot spiritual oh, yeah, formation John guy. He gave me uh, um, like a whole class that he yeah. was teaching on that I really loved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've only yeah. read the preface and the intro, and, and I really like it so far. Um, I've been reading Christ and Culture by uh, Richard Niebuhr, getting ready for... Um, some of our stuff that we're doing on Wednesday nights. It's, yeah. it's thick. I mean, it's, it's short, but it's dense. Uh, but it's also a, a, a classic book, um, very famous book, uh, looking at ways that Christians ought to engage culture, or actually just ways that Christians have chosen to engage culture. And he kind of analyzes uh, about five different approaches, um, which we kind of just discussed a little bit of that with the, the John Piper question. That's a classic. So those are like the the religious ones. But I've also, I listen to like other books on Audible all the time, and I've really enjoyed um, The Lost World of Adam and Eve by John Walton. Mm. It's, yes. he's if you haven't stud. read John Walton, you need to buy Lester. the book. He's a stud. Um, and then I'll end with this one. I have other ones, but I can keep going. I'll end with this one. Race and Reunion, the American Civil the, the Civil War in American Memory by David Blight. David Blight's a history professor at Yale University. And this book is so stinking good. Um, but Yale, like on like open courses dot whatever, Yale, he his class on um, the Civil War is available. You can listen to all the lectures and What? I bet I've listened to it uh, for free. I've listened to the whole class probably four or five times. Wait, what is this? Years. Okay, it's, what's the class? Can you show me? Yeah, his his name's da- he's Dr. David Blight. He's a history professor at Yale University, and his entire class on the uh, the history of the American Civil War is available for free to just listen on. Uh, okay. Done. Yeah, so it's really, really good. His book, Race and Reunion, is really good, too. Done. It's long. If you are an employee or an employer or want to grow either of those type of things maybe just be a decent human a functional human read the ideal team player by patrick lencioni just finished that this week um it's shaped how we do ministry quite a bit or at least how we analyze hungry humble smart yep so very good book really quick read you Mm -hmm. could read it in a sitting or two if you're the kind of person that wants to do that so anyway we hope you have enjoyed i got a category oh another category um I've been reading Second Peter lately, mm. and I've been loving that. Second Peter is one of my favorite books. It talks yeah. a lot about the Bible. So, if I could have a another Second another Peter. one, Second Romans Peter would be a big one. Romans, First Samuel yeah. here. What have you guys been teaching through? Uh, we just we're about to teach through Leviticus. I'm teaching a two part series on Leviticus. So, really nice. pumped about that. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. There's a a really interesting author um, that I'm going to chase down, Donald Murray who's written some stuff that I'm about to you may be hearing some Donald Murray yeah, stuff I've been kind of following been watching, too, so Twitter been watching that, that. Yeah. looks really interesting so uh, we'll save that for another podcast but pay attention we hope you have enjoyed this podcast 101 we will hopefully see you soon <laughs>